When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back inside a new edition of the Pikel Podcast. Rutgers getting set to hit the road for Chicago to take on Michigan in the second round of the Big Ten Tournament and joined now by the man himself, Steve Pikel. And coach, let's start with the honors and things that we found out earlier about your team. First and foremost, how about Caleb McConnell, Defensive Player of the Year again in the Big Ten? You know, just, you know, so happy for Caleb McConnell and uh, winning the award for two straight years is really an unbelievable accomplishment with all the great defenders that are in our conference. Um, you know, it just goes to show you, uh, uh, you know, perseverance and the work and the film um, that he kind of has soaked in over the last couple of years have all paid off. Um, and to get one of those honors, uh, and again, the best league in the country is just uh, a tremendous, Tremendous source of pride for a guy that has earned it and, uh, you know, just real proud of him. Coach, how about Cliff Omori, named second team All-Big Ten? I tell you what, and then, you know, then he makes the all-defensive team, too. So, like, uh, how far he's come, you know, his freshman year, he probably fouls per minute. He led the league, um, and now he's on the all-defensive team as a junior, and you know, really has so improved in every area, offensively, defensively, and to become second team all league. I mean, this is the best league in the country with 14 programs with, you know, an unbelievable amount of really good players. So uh, just a true credit to the work that he's put in and how much better he's gotten. And he's gotten better in all phases, as you point out. But going back to what you said there at first, would you say learning to defend without fouling has been the biggest thing since he's been here? You know, it really has, and his timing has gotten better. But, you know, his ability to stay in games, uh, which he couldn't do as a freshman, um, and that he's learned from those kind of things, and he's defending without fouling. And 
he can now sit down and guard multiple positions too, which he couldn't do early on. So, you know, to him, he's worked, he works at it, he puts time into it, and he just continues to improve. Remember, he started basketball later than probably every player on our team, you know, so he was a late starter to basketball. He's come a long way in a short period of time. Yeah, really remarkable. And then two other guys, of course, Paul and Cam, honorable mention, uh, Caleb there as well. Um, just in terms of the regular season, the efforts and what they've done this season. Well, I just tell you, you know, to you know, to have you know all those guys recognized, four of you know our five starters recognized, um, and to be amongst you know a select group of guys. Again, it's a huge league um, team-wise. There's a lot of really good players, and once you're among the you know elite in this league, you're you're amongst the elite that played basketball in college. So. Uh, you know, those guys are well-earned, well-deserved. You get those things for the regular season, the long journey of the regular season. Now we want to get a couple all-tournament team players. No question about it. And that would be a nice way to punctuate things. I was thinking, too, when I was looking at the list, you know, with, with Caleb and Cliff and Paul and Cam, and uh, yeah, I think back to year one where it was like just survival and kind of learning your way around the league and taking over on the fly. And now it's become... You know, which guys are going to actually be acknowledged and, and, and celebrated. So it's kind of cool how far this program has come in the seven years. Uh, obviously, the, the crowd the other day and, and all season long, there's no better example of that. So that's great to you and what you've done here. So pretty cool stuff for sure. Uh, you, you are so, so right about that. And uh, Chris Corso gave me a thing the other day. Like in the last four years, um, we finished in the top four for four straight years in the league with Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa you know, for most wins. So when I first got here, we were 14th on that list for four straight years. So uh, the fact that we've moved up to top four in wins over the last four years is really just a credit to the staff and the job they do, but the credit to Paul and Caleb and all those guys that have, you know, been here and turned the tide here for us. Yeah, no question about it. New episode of the Pikele Podcast. Rutgers getting set to take on Michigan in the Big Ten tournament, the second round on Thursday. Let's get to that a little bit. So second time you're going to see them this season. And ironically enough, in a little while we'll go over some Big Ten tournament memories. But it's funny when I see Michigan, 11 a.m. in Chicago, 12 p.m. New York time or whatever, uh, on a Thursday, all I can think back to is not necessarily the game you played this year or last year. I think back to that 2020 eerie feeling we had um, when the game wasn't played, when you were about to take that team on, does it, does that ever go through your mind, or are you kind of beyond that at this point? I mean, it was the first thing I thought of, like when you know, like we we were down this road. I'm so glad we're we're in a better place as a country and with COVID and, and all that. But uh, you know, we were warming up that day, and it'll be a day I never forget. That was as difficult a year as you could, you know imagine and then the following year followed up too with that whole COVID year and, and, and the journey that that played out but uh, you know we have a really good Michigan team probably one of the most talented teams you know well coached uh, Hunter Dickinson seven foot two been around it seems like forever um, two potential first round draft picks and Buffkin and and Jet Howard um, you know it's a typical Michigan team eight five-star kids and just really good players and, and really well coached. And, um, you know, but I, I look through the whole league. I don't know who you would want to play right now. Everybody's really good. Everyone, like you said, I think everyone's capable of winning the league. I really do. I think every team from, from top to, to bottom has, 
the players, if they could string together a great weekend, to, you know, to compete and to, to win the title. Right. Is there any better example of that than how Nebraska's playing right now at the bottom of the league? I mean, there's no better example. And, and you know, I think, um, you know, Ohio State has a terrific game, a first-round draft pick. You know, he's a really good coach. Um, you know, it, it, I, I really Minnesota's healthy for the first time, and they got really good players too. And Battle can play, and Garcia can play, and Cooper can play. Um, you know, so every team. I, I mean, I really believe that. You know, you got to be healthy, and you got to. Yeah, you know, I think you got to have some luck too. The call got to go your way. You got to, you know, steal a ball that you may not have thought you could steal. But um, you know, anybody in this league, this is the most competitive it's ever been. You know, from top to bottom, and and uh, it's going to be a really fun tournament. New edition of the Pikeel Podcast, the Big Ten Tournament Edition. All right, so let's get to Michigan a little bit. You, you alluded to some of the players there. First things first, you mentioned Bufkin and Howard. Howard didn't play against you guys last time, and you saw the depth that they have. How does he change things, and how how will things be different for you guys with him on the floor? Yeah, I mean, he changes a lot. I mean, he's a lottery pick uh, first and foremost. Um, Obviously, he comes from a great gene pool, too. Uh, you know, his dad was one of the best players ever to play the game. And, uh, uh, you know, he really knows how to play. He's been around basketball, you could tell, his, his whole life. But he, he brings them a dimension. He can, he's instant offense. He's got a quick release. And he is trying to score. You know, so he changes things, you know, moves Caleb McConnell around. Um, you know, and we got to be locked in now. You, you know, the, he's one of the best shooters in the conference at 37%. He takes a lot of threes. You mentioned Caleb. I imagine we'll see a lot of him uh, on Howard uh, during this game. How is he feeling? Because I know he's been, and we all know he's been banged up and the way he's kind of gutting through this. What have you been able to tell in terms of his health? Yeah, you know, we try to do a really good job with him, you know, during practice and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's tough because he fell down the Minnesota game and hurt his hip. So his back was bothering him and now the hip too. So, you know, it's that time of the year too. You're just really banged up. It's such a physical league. and such a grueling, you, you know, uh, time frame that you play all these games in too. So, uh, but one thing about Caleb, he's tough and, and uh, you know, he'll, he'll be ready to play. I mean, he loves basketball and he loves the preparation and all that. You mentioned Dickinson earlier. Obviously, that's going to be one of the key uh, matchups in this game. I thought, yeah, I thought you guys did a pretty good job on him first time around. He had a nice game, but not a great game. Um, is he? I guess if if Howard is kind of being more active on the outside, does that limit what Dickinson would do, or is it is it even more dangerous because it opens things up for them offensively? Yeah, I mean, it kind of stretches out your defense. You know, you have to go and play. Um, Jet Howard way beyond three-point land, and that obviously gives a seven-foot-two guy a lot more room to operate, you know, uh, on the perimeter. You know what makes him very difficult? He's he's an excellent passer, so uh, and he almost, you know, at times I think he wants to pass, you know, more than, uh, but he's very capable at scoring around the basket. He can make threes. I mean, he's just a really tough matchup, and uh, with the addition of Howard, just makes it a little more difficult. But it wasn't easy anyway, so. Uh, um, you know, to guard all those guys. I mean, like I said, they got guys that have uh, are very, very talented and guys that have a chance to play basketball for a long time afterwards. All right, let's talk about Derek Simpson for a minute because a lot of people are asking about him. And I'll go back to, I think it was the game against Temple earlier in the season. You guys were dealing with injuries. He got a start in a big game and his minutes, um, he got him faster than he probably even expected. Now you're at this point of the season 
How do you feel his freshman year has gone? Obviously, he was huge a couple of games ago, as we know. How could he be the spark for you guys maybe going forward? Yeah, you know, he's been, you know, really good. And, and, and Jerry got through, like, every, every freshman goes through it. Is, you know, I call it like you hit the wall for a minute there. And, you know, the season's long. And, you know, it's ten times longer than a high school season. So we start in June. You know, high school seasons are really two months um, you know, we're going to go 10 months of basketball. Um, and so he, he, you know, he's really figured out how to get through and practice better. I think his practices has improved and so has his play on the court. Um, he's really talented. He's going to, you know, have an unbelievable future here. And he has to be ready. We're losing some guys next year. So uh, excited about him and, and brings us a different dimension. Need him to play well here down the stretch. No question about it. New edition of the Pikele Podcast. Getting from on Thursday at the Big Ten Tournament. So I wanted to go over some tournament games and events from the past because this is year seven, which is unbelievable to me. And so I went back and I started looking at some of the tournaments. And I think back to 2016-17, we were in Washington, D.C. I believe you guys were 3-15 and 15 year one uh, in, the, in the conference that season. And you beat, of all teams, Ohio State for their first Big Ten Tournament win that the program had had. Do you remember what you what you were feeling going into that game, uh, getting set for? I mean, a program like Ohio State, storied and, and certainly pretty big. You remember what it was like going into that game? Yeah, I mean, I I, I really do because you know, you know, it's it's really that time of the year, year two, where you could throw everything out the window, your stats, what your record is. Like everyone is zero and zero. Purdue won our league this year. They're zero and zero. You know, like so. None of that helps you moving into the tournament. And I remember telling our guys, like, if we take the right approach and if we come out and play basketball, everyone's starting all over again. If you want to lead the league in scoring, do it right now. If you want to lead the league in rebounds, you can do that right now. If you want to make an all-league team, you can do that right now, you know, in the tournament. And, uh, you know, we played really well, you know, down there in that game. And, and uh you know, again, we, we were taking baby steps at that time, you know, especially in the Big Ten. And uh, to beat Ohio State, a storied program like that, with, you know, Dad Mata was the coach, one of the great coaches, you know, in our league. Uh, and they had some NBA players, too, on their roster. It was like a, a huge stepping stone for us. And to get our first win, you know, we hadn't had much success at all in the tournament. And, you know, that was that was a big day for us. And you know what's cool about that game, too, is I was reading the recaps and the stories and even watching some of the highlights, and I don't know if you remember this. The second half of that game, you guys only committed three turnovers for the entire half, and I believe you were 10 of 11 from the free throw line. That's how you win. That was awesome. There you go. I like it. I like it. Those are good numbers for winning. <laughs> yeah, that is really remarkable. All right, so then you go to 2018, and the tournament's in your backyard, essentially, at Madison Square Garden. You beat Minnesota, fair enough. But then comes the game against Indiana, which is unbelievable. That was the Corey Sanders game. What I did not remember about that, and this will go more towards coaching philosophy and staying the course, I did not remember. You guys trailed in that game 17-3 to and 19-5 to and then stormed back to beat Indiana. Um, in terms of coaching, when you're on the sideline, and you get out to a tough start like that. What does it take to have that resolve to know, just follow the game plan, things are going to turn, we're going to be okay when things are really crashing around you like that? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you hope that your experiences during the season get you, you know, prepared for that because, 
you have been down in games after you go through the long season that this Big Ten kind of brings you. I've been down, you've been up in games. So being up doesn't mean anything either. I, I always laugh, you know, um, when, yeah, they got a 10-point lead. They had a, you know, like people, like it's 40-minute game. It doesn't matter what your lead was. It doesn't matter how much you were down by. It's 40 minutes. If you're only taking four minutes of the game, everyone's record would be very different, you know, but it's 40 minutes and, you know, you got to get through all the, Tough times of, of that 40 minutes. Sometimes they come early. Sometimes they come late. Sometimes they come in the middle. But we were down big in that game. Corey Sanders played great. Deshaun Freeman played great. I remember he came off the bench and gave us a huge spark. And, again, you're playing teams. Um, you know, we hadn't beaten Indiana a lot up until that time, too. So, you know, you're playing storied programs. And, and again, to be playing their home there, to be able to get win number two in the Big Ten tournament is the first time we ever did that. And, uh, you know, Corey sealed that game off with an unbelievable dunk, too. So it was kind of an exciting cap, to, you know, to a, to a really exciting night. And, and Rutgers Nation was there, and they were proud. It was, it was a great night for us. And it's funny you say that, because while there were great crowds at the rack at that time in that season, those games at the Garden, specifically that one against Indiana, and then the next night against Purdue, where you, you scared the crap out of them and almost beat them as well, that was, for me, the point where I said, my God, with the amount of Rutgers fans that filled up Madison Square Garden, I'm like, this thing has turned. Like, that, for me, was the line in the sand. I don't know if you feel that way, but I remember my head was spinning looking at all the scarlet red in that building that night. Yeah, I mean, it was really just, uh, um, you know, it's such a great university, and we have such a powerful, you know, fan base um, that they showed up there, you know, and our guys, you know, really worked hard and, and fed off of that too. And and you're right, the next night when we played Purdue was even a better game. I mean, we were, Purdue was excellent that year with, you know, huge size, which we didn't have back in those days and really talented players. And, and we were in that game the whole time. Like that was a dogfight and we were playing really good basketball. Even after not playing great basketball throughout the whole season, we played great basketball for the entire tournament. and. Um, I really believe that really helped us, helped us in recruiting. Um, it helped spread the word too, to this area, how good the Big Ten is and how good Big Ten basketball was. It was the first time we played in Madison Square Garden. The whole league was showcased. And I remember coaches saying this was by far the best Big Ten tournament ever in New York City. And so hoping to get that tournament back here someday soon. That would certainly be cool. And then one more for you. And that would be 2021, and that would be the, you know, so you're kind of beyond COVID to a certain extent. We already talked about the, the craziness of 2020 with Michigan, the game being canceled. As you guys are warming up when you go back to the locker room, you come back, you play that COVID season, which was beyond bizarre. And then you go to Indianapolis for what turned out to be the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament, if I'm not mistaken, because they can handle things better. And you beat Indiana, you lost to Illinois the, the next night, but talk about just playing in that atmosphere with not quite a packed house, and yet they were all for Indiana because of where you were playing, just all the circumstances surrounding that nuttiness. I mean, I, I mean, just, you know, an, again, another crazy night. We, it was really a road game for us against the Indiana team, and, um, you know, we had to beat them three times that year which is really hard to beat a team three times, and, and uh, especially a team like Indiana. So um, I remember that game. I remember how important it was. I remember how well we played in it, too. Um, you know, and, and, and 
I remember fighting the referees and fighting um, the fan base uh, of, of, of Hoosiers. And then I also remember always fighting COVID. So <laughs> there, were a lot of, there were a lot of things you were fighting that year to advance to that NCAA tournament. And then to keep our guys in quarantine, basically, there the whole time was just bizarre. Never going outside, never going to get a coffee at the coffee. You know, we were just kind of locked up in the hotel from there on out. Yeah, no doubt. And God rest his soul, those were the last games I did with, with Coach Joe Boylan. As you know, we did them from the football stadium remotely. Um, and I will cherish those last games because he enjoyed the hell out of them. That Friday night game, like Friday night or third, whatever night was when you played Indiana, was I remember the smile on his face walking out of that press box at SHI Stadium. And then uh, uh, sadly we had lost him soon after that. But he loved you. He loved this team. And I know he's looking forward to If he can watch it this week, he'll be watching. So good times for sure, Coach. You're right about that. I think about him every day, too. One of the great people uh, – People that bring positivity in life right now, you know, you think about those people all the time. And he was one of the most positive, genuine people I ever met. And he was a former coach and he was a former administrator and a teacher and a lifeguard and, a, you know, academic advisor. I mean, just a fascinating guy, but had all the great qualities of making other people better and being so kind. No question about it. He is missed every day. Well, Coach, good luck. I can't wait to see you out there in Chicago. Looking forward to it. It's a big week, as always. And uh, good luck against Michigan on Thursday and then beyond. I appreciate you always, Jerry. Thank you. That's a new edition of the Steve Peichel Podcast, Rutgers, Michigan, 12 noon Thursday from the United Center. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.